you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Susan Rosen. And my guest this week is Fiona Pimentel. Did I pronounce that right? Oh, good. Okay, I forgot to ask. I do that a lot. I always seem to forget until until I'm recording. Ah, yes. And Fiona and I have have met. We met in um, doing some coaching that we're both involved in. And I asked her if she'd like to come on the podcast and talk to us a little bit about what she's doing in particular. Um, and I'll let her introduce herself and what the um, the different kinds of of coaching and people that she's that she's talking to and dealing with and what what she's learning about that so welcome yeah. fiona thank you susan it's lovely to be here thank you for having me mm-hmm. um so as susan said we met in a coaching community uh where i learned how to coach i thought i already knew how to coach because i had done a couple's therapy course um and i was helping i was said that i was a couples coach and I was coaching couples, but it turned out I wasn't actually coaching them. I was teaching them, <laughs> mentoring them and, uh, um, which in a lot of cases they actually need. But, uh, yeah. when I joined the insight coaching community, I learned how to do pure coaching, mm. which is more on asking questions and letting yeah. people get their own insights instead of us giving them to them. Um, right. And I found that I, when I started when I started my coaching practice, I started um, doing coaching exchanges with other coaches just to practice and learn my skills. I found that I really loved it. I really enjoyed coaching coaches. Mm. Um, found that I enjoyed my exchanges with women more than with men. <laughs> so I eventually um, set up a Facebook group, the name of which is Called to Courage. And it's for it's helping women um, to grow in their confidence so that they can step into their purpose. And a lot of women, I think, have this idea of there, sh- there should be more to life than this. Um, maybe mm. they've got a job, they're looking after small children, and they kind of feel frustrated. I'm, I know I certainly felt frustrated when I left university, you know, with a degree, and then I did a postgrad course, and then suddenly I was married with children. I'm like, I don't want to spend the rest of my life folding socks <laughs> and cooking. You know, you cook and then the meal has disappeared and you've got to go and buy another one, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I was preparing that one. So I, and I always had this feeling that I wanted to help other people with their lives and help mm. them to avoid suffering. Um, and I had kind of, I had experienced bullying at school and depression mm. and things like that other people to suffer what I had suffered so uh-huh. and I also had relationship problems so that's why I, I learned about relationships I spent 
about 30 years reading self-development books um, and learned so much. Um, but it was mm-hmm. really only yeah. when I started learning things like coaching and doing my couples therapy course that I really did a lot of the, I implemented a lot of the self-development. It's all very well reading about it, but you've actually got to implement it. <laughs> so. Funny how that goes, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah it's the same with a lot of coaches that we kind of help ourselves along the way as we're helping Mm -hmm. other people absolutely 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 and i think a lot of us get into it you know at one time or another just because we're looking for for help and for ways of new ways of looking at life and dealing with life yeah yeah no for sure for sure so tell me a little bit about um we were talking about with uh particularly with women obviously because with menopause and Mm. how that whole that age group um seems to be attract well i was going to say attracted to you but also attractive to you to work with well I mean, obviously, being a woman of a certain age, um, <laughs> I find that I will naturally um, kind of talk to women of similar kind of age, um, uh-huh. which isn't to say that I'll only speak with my age. I've got two clients who are in their 20s, um, uh-huh. but um, you know, that was mainly through their mothers. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, I mean, you know, people of my age, have come to me for coaching um, and I've also received from people in my age. And um, mm. what I find is one thing that a lot of us have in common is we seem to be experiencing the symptoms of ADHD, um, mm. whether or not we've been diagnosed. I think a lot of okay. people have symptoms of ADHD without being diagnosed. And it's not necessary mm-hmm. to get a, a diagnosis. Um, but the sort of things I'm talking about are being very sensitive, you know, your emotions, feeling them very deeply. Um, I mean, for myself, actually, I have a hypersensitivity to things like caffeine. So I, mm. you know, I drink about maybe six cups of coffee when I was in my 20s. Well, no wonder. Um, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> now, you know, if I have a cup of coffee after about 10 o'clock in, um, in the morning, it will keep me up for the whole night. So, wow. um, yeah. So, um that type of hypersensitivity to kind of chemicals, I guess. Um, and, and also hypersensitivity to things like labels on clothes. You know, it's just like really itchy. So having to cut ah. them off. Yeah. Huh. Um, so, but also things like, um, trying to balance. I mean, my kids are grown up now, but a lot of the women I've come across have got younger kids. They're still trying to balance working with, looking after children and it's something that you know men take it for granted they go to work mostly you know they go to work and their their wife kind of looks after the children as well as working um mm-hmm. i mean i don't know some obviously some men do help a lot which is great um well, some men you know, some men have the children and not the you know exactly. i mean they, they you know, exactly their wife isn't their wife ex-wife mother isn't around anymore not very much yeah, but, but in many cases, women are trying to yeah. balance. Oh, yeah. Job. In most, I think, yeah. And, um, 
um, looking after kids. And then if they're, if they're trying to start a business as well, like if they're becoming a coach, mm. that's another thing to add to their bag, you know, and it's, it's a lot and they feel very overwhelmed. So that's the sort of thing I help women with dealing with that overwhelm and helping uh-huh. them to manage their time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's very, it's a very, it's a very, Kind of, it feels like a bad problem, but at the same time, it's a very, very simple solution. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. When I sit down with them and I literally talk about all the things that they have to do and all the things that they want to include in their life, and we just schedule it into their uh-huh. Google calendar. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I find that these things, they need scheduling. Like, for example, when I started coaching, sometimes I would do back to back calls. And then I'd realized that I hadn't walked the dog and uh, there would oh. be some messes in my house. That I think, oh, no. So I had to schedule walking the dog into yeah. my calendar to remind myself. Cause that's another thing um, with people with ADHD is there's a, is the hyper focus, which is mm. when you're just concentrating on something so much that you don't notice anything else. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. They get obsessed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, interesting, interesting. Yeah, I. it seems to me that, you know, the whole idea of scheduling and really spending more time and putting attention on scheduling, on your schedule, right, mm. is something that everybody needs to do, okay? I, but I think that, you know, people with ADHD don't look at that. Right. They don't, they're not seeing that. Whereas most other people, especially if they're working and, and have kids and kids have activities and stuff, most of those people have schedules. Yeah. You know, I just, I think that, I think that a lot of people in this, from my own experience as well, um, is, you know, you think you don't need it. Oh, no, it's okay. I can take care of it. I'll just keep it all in my head. Yeah, like, that's right. Mm, no, that's not. That's not a schedule. <laughs> that's just in your head. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember when um, my kids were still going to school in the uh-huh. where I, um, I was just always rushing. Was always late, no matter mm-hmm. where I was going. But I was always late. And now, you know, ever since I started my coaching business, and I'm using Google Calendar. I'm always on time for everything. <laughs> And I, I know how yeah. long it takes you know, to go from A to B. And then I kind of allocate, okay, well, maybe I'll need five minutes for parking and that kind of thing. Yeah. So it's just uh-huh. a lot easier. Yeah. <clears throat> right. No, no. And that, and that makes perfect, that makes perfect sense. You know, yeah. I, I think, you know, even just teaching people how to do that is probably life opening <laughs> yeah, for a lot of people. When I yeah. think about when I was, when my kids were younger and I was taking them to school and things like that, some of the time I wasn't even working and yet I was always so busy. I don't know what I was doing. Mm. Mm. You know why I was always late, but I never seemed to be able to organize myself. <laughs> so, you know, now I've, yeah. I've got two businesses really and the job and yet I'm quite organized, you know. Uh huh. So. <laughs> oh no, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. And, and, and I think a lot of it too, and you can tell me if I'm right or wrong on this, but from my personal experience, if you're married or living with somebody, mm-hmm. that just adds one more schedule 
Mm -hmm. because they've got all their schedule stuff. And then it's like, oh, well, I need you to go do this with me or, right? And so, yeah, last night I was at a party that was nothing to do with me. It was to do with my husband's work, you know. (laughs) Um, So it was a client of theirs that was having a party. So I was required to be there, you know. Whereas if you're single, obviously that doesn't happen. You can just choose your own social events. Yeah. 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 Or, you know, or any of a whole list of other things, right? I mean, going to the doctor or, you know, their relatives are coming into town. I don't know. I mean, it's just, there's a whole nother dimension when you're part of a group. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, with your kids as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because like, for example, so we live in the Caribbean and we're from mm-hmm. the UK. Our kids are now all kind of more or less adults. Um, and but when they come back here, they visit the dentist, the doctor, the optician, etc. <laughs> and sometimes, well, they'll make their own appointments, but sometimes I'll make, make them and sometimes my husband will make them. Uh-huh. But he doesn't necessarily uh-huh. take into account the fact that I'll be at work at that time or I'll be coaching at that time. Um, yeah. You know, and it's like, no, you just if you want me to do the driving, let me schedule the appointment because I know when I'm yeah. free. You schedule yeah. it for that time. You're collecting. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, um, and I, you know, I think, and I know, um, you and I have talked about this as well that, that at a certain level, what that also does is it empowers both people in a relationship. And not just the men and the women supporting. Yeah. And that's something that, that we women need to get better at. Yeah. It's, and it's good to, to communicate our needs. Um, so, I mean, the more we can communicate, the less we get taken for granted. So yeah. that's really important. <laughs> well, and, and the fewer arguments. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people, when they have arguments, it, it arises because they haven't actually expressed their needs in terms of needs. They've just ex- had an expectation of somebody um, without communicating it first. And they're expecting mm-hmm. someone to read their mind. But, you know, what? how can someone read your mind? <laughs> you know, just because you think something is obvious, it's not obvious to the other person. And yeah. so... You know, they, they can't think that person should know this. You know, they don't know that. You, know, you have to explain it. You have to ask them, will you do such and such? Whatever the thing is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you free? Yeah. At this exactly. time? Yeah. Exactly. It's really basic, but at the same time, people don't really think about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. Um, and I think it's, again, it comes down to putting out there what our own needs are. Mm. Um, and, and staying consistent. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Because once we've said what our, our needs are, um, we then shouldn't just give in when someone doesn't satisfy that or whatever. You know, like if we're trying to set a boundary, we need to keep yeah. to those boundaries and not expect other people to keep to our boundaries for us. We're the ones yeah. that need to, to kind of sustain that boundary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
So what what are you finding? Um, I know you said you're doing couples therapy. I know you're you're kind of limiting that a little bit, but you know what sorts of things have you found in coaching both sides <laughs> and the relationship instead of just one, you know, one person? Um, typically, of the couples that I've helped, the situation. Uh-huh. The man has said, why won't my wife have sex with me? And the woman is, well, I can't have sex until I've got intimacy. Um, And for men, they feel intimacy through having sex. So it's it's like a kind of vicious circle, (laughs) you know, which comes first, the chicken or the egg. Uh Yeah. To give the emotional intimacy before she'll have sex. Or does she have to give? the sex before he you know will give the like so i mean i would say that you have to that it's a good idea for for you both to kind of try and please the other in the way that they want to be pleased but you know Mm. nobody wants to be used right nobody wants to have to have sex with someone if they don't feel any connection any emotional connection Mm -hmm. So, because that would just be kind of unpaid prostitution, really. So, um, <laughs> at least prostitution, yeah, right? But um, so, you know, it it is important. But if you want, if you want connection with your partner, you also need to build it. You can't just expect it. You have to put mm. effort um, to build it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. You know, what do I mean by building connection? Well, I mean, actually kind of spending, deliberately spending time with them. That's not just watching TV, you know, spending time with them, showing an interest in them, asking them questions, um, maybe doing something that they enjoy doing. Like if your partner loves going cycling or something, you could go cycling with them, even if you're not interested. And maybe they could mm-hmm. come and watch a movie that they're not interested in, um, you know, and openly discussing things. Um, sharing your vulnerability is incredible and a lot of people are very hesitant to do that Um, they like to sort of look they don't want to look broken you know they don't want to look weak but actually showing your vulnerability is a strength not a the weakness Um, you know you've got writers like Brené Brown who took you know she talks a lot about vulnerability Um, she's written several books and podcasts and things and TED talks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Uh, yep. And it's all about about how vulnerability is a strength. Yeah. We shouldn't have. We shouldn't be ashamed of our sort of softer side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it interesting that? Um, and I love Brene Brown. I'm not. I'm not saying this as a as a criticism. I don't want it to sound like it. Um, I think it's so interesting that we as women are trying to be more like the men, but the men aren't trying to be more like the women. I think it's a generational thing um, because I think a lot of younger men are much more in in touch with their feminine side. Um, Yes, that's true. They are doing things like, I mean, even buying kind of, toiletries you know like moisturizers for their faces which 
days. <laughs> the older men never did. You know, they'd probably think it was a bit sort of wussy. <laughs> um, and, you know, getting into cooking and things like this. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cooking- well, the cooking, I think some men got into even the the older ones. Right, exactly. one, that's one of those things that people either love or they hate, you know. <laughs> it's always been a bit of a strange one because there's nothing to say that women should cook more than men. Um, True. And, you know, when you think of kind of cavemen or something, you know, going off and buying, mm-hmm. uh, going off and catching some animal, you, you know, they probably put it on the fire. It was probably the man, could have been the man that put it on the fire. Um, and when we, mm. people have barbecues off, it's the man that does the barbecuing and the woman that does the cooking in the kitchen, which just doesn't make any sense. It's exactly the same. <laughs> and then you yeah, think of all the famous, right. most of the famous chefs traditionally were men. And it was, yeah. it used to be on human chef. Now, thankfully, mm-hmm. there are more. Um, but it seems to me so funny that a lot of men have that still, have, you know, to this day have this attitude that women have to do the cooking. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, and um, I think part of it too, and I say this from a personal perspective, is yeah. sometimes the women prefer to do the cooking. <laughs> well, you know. I think possibly that's true, and possibly they they just prefer the way it tastes when they do the cooking. <laughs> well, that's why they prefer to do the cooking. But, right. well, it just, um, I don't know, on a personal perspective, I prefer to do it simply because there are a lot of things I can't eat and there's things that, you it's know, easy. so it's just easier. And then if, yeah. you know, for my husband, I'll make certain things because that's what he likes to eat. Mostly it's the same stuff, but you know, but otherwise he cooks for himself oh, quite a lot. Funny. Yeah, yeah. But but I I think you're right. I think you're right, especially of a of a certain generation. I mean, my generation for sure. That was you know it was it was hard to even find a job being a woman when I got out of school. So it's so tough. Yeah. Which means uh, which makes it so like when people have when women have succeeded. Who are from you know an older generation? Mm-hmm. So admirable. Mm-hmm. They've got like CEO or something like that. Gosh, yeah. So much to fight against to get where they are. Mm-hmm. Great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, and it's um, yeah, we can we can talk about that after we get off. I'll tell you about my family. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> but like um. It. <laughs> oh yeah it's an interesting story so um but anyways <clears throat> it's yeah i think i think that it is i think that it definitely life is getting better i think women have become much more aware and much more I'm trying to think what the word is that i'm trying to think um you know, that they know what they want and they're going to see if they can get it. Not necessarily in an aggressive, it's, it's partially aggressive, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Focused Uh, and driven. Yes. 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 Exactly. Assertive. I think was the word I was trying to think of, you know, not, not get out of my face kind of, you know, Mm. but, um, 
being being assertive and and willing to discuss but then we've always been willing to discuss the problem <laughs> the other half hasn't always been willing to discuss that's true but i think they they're getting better as well yeah and it's it's good to see that you know even in other cultures women are getting a better they you know they are getting a better deal although there's still you know, a long way to go yeah yeah no that's that's very true in some parts of the world unfortunately yeah i saw yeah. um the other day i was over in colorado and i was in the denver uh-huh. and i saw um one of those adverts with malala and it talked about um women or girls should um need to learn history but they also should be making history and then it says something uh-huh. like you know, within you which i thought was nice we yeah. To do what we're called to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, um, huh. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. So, and yeah. making history doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be like the first person. You don't have to be like Amelia Earhart and be the first woman to, to, you know, fly a plane <laughs> across, um, the British Channel, I think it was. That one. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, you don't have to be like the first woman to do something, but it could be like the first woman in your family to do something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and the neat thing about doing that and taking those steps is that then you are, um, oh, what's the right word? Modeling, I guess. Mm-hmm. Behavior. Yeah. For other women and younger women, and, you know that that's the important that's the important part. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Anyways, yeah. So, are you are you finding that women are responsive to your oh, yeah. message and what you're? Yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Um, in my Facebook group, I do weekly live trainings. Uh-huh. And, yeah. Um, send them out. I send the link out to people. Um, uh-huh. and really lovely messages back saying, Oh, I love what you're doing. Keep going and all this kind of thing, which is really good. And, all right. And really saying that they find what I do helpful. <laughs> so it's good to know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. That's great. That's yeah. great. That's what I always, that's what I always complain about with doing my podcast is that people don't comment very much on podcasts. Right. It's okay. really kind of funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, cause I, I think it's because people listen to it and they're not in a place where you can comment. Well, yes. You I mean, I mean, they're... um, I mean, I usually listen to podcasts when I'm on a walk or I'm filling the dishwasher, exactly. doing my cooking. Yeah. I'm not really concentrating on commenting. I'm just listening. I just listening it right. to it. What I can get kind of thing. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I think that people are sort of doing that. So that's kind of sounds selfish. But what I mean is, it's not really the the priority to comment. It's not. Oh no, no, exactly. I agree. So, whereas when I'm sending out a message saying, "Do you want the link to this?" and they say yes, yeah. then it's kind of it, that's a that's a conversation. So that's when they're more likely right. to actually say, "Yeah, by the way, I really like it." Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh no, exactly. Exactly. And I, and I think Facebook, not Facebook, Facebook <laughs> and LinkedIn and those kinds of places are, are um, much better at generating conversations. Right. Yeah. Than, than Apple podcasts or. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Certainly I've seen lots of really good conversations on uh, LinkedIn. You know, when someone's posted mm. an article, it's like hundreds yeah. of them. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. So, but that's, um, yeah. No, I'm just thinking of the other places like Instagram and stuff like that. Comments, not so big on Instagram. No, no, Instagram. I, I, they do likes and stuff. I but. used to do Instagram every day and I would get uh-huh. likes, um, but I wouldn't really get very many comments at all. I'm just yeah. like, share it here and then give me a link to where I was supposed to share it. But not really yeah. getting into so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no i agree i agree and I, I i yeah it just shows how all these different things have grown up in different ways and also i think it's probably how we use it i mean it's, they're probably mm-hmm. they, they may be people who who are getting into great conversations when they're um on instagram but <laughs> yeah i guess i just haven't seen i haven't seen it i see a lot of the numbers for the likes and mm-hmm reactions or whatever seem to be really high and then you looked at it'll tell you how, how many comments there are and there's like three <laughs> yeah 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 so but anyways we're off on a different subject um <laughs> so um anyways i think would you like to do a little wrap up or something of of you know what what you've been seeing and and um you know with people um, and any advice or anything that you're that you want to give people women men okay all of well, the above I, <laughs> um so all i would say is like if you're finding that you're overwhelmed because you're trying to balance different tasks different kind of roles in life mm-hmm. um try and sit down and schedule what you have to do schedule what you want to do and schedule your self-care because sometimes as when especially women or if or men who are in a role of kind of looking after the children we spend the whole time looking after other people and not looking after ourselves and i find that a very small amount of time dedicated to looking after myself goes a long way so for example my um morning routine well, I have to walk the dog because if I don't walk the dog in the mornings, the whole day will be a disaster. So <laughs> this is like, yeah, I bet. Yeah, so I walk the dog, but that's good for me as well. And then mm-hmm. I come home and I do some dancing and, mm-hmm. you know, I might da- dance for 15 minutes, but I might only dance for two minutes and it still makes a difference to me. It wakes me up mm-hmm. because I have mm-hmm. a to say I can't drink coffee because it keeps me up all night. Um, so I have to dance to wake myself up. <laughs> and it, it kind of makes me feel positive because I'm listening to like positive music, praise music and that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, so it, it works kind of mind, for mind, heart, body and soul, really, um, <laughs> which is really good. And then I do some journaling as well. And again, it doesn't oh. have to be a long time. You know, I'll, I'll just uh-huh. film one side of a four um uh-huh. what's going on in my mind 
and then um you know i'll spend some time in prayer or meditation um mm. so I do these things and i don't necessarily do all of them every single day but i try yeah. to um okay. but that really sets me up for a good day and then um i also i i've recorded myself doing affirmations so i might ah, play them nice. to work uh-huh. um and what being a coach i also um have recorded myself asking myself coaching questions <laughs> so i'll listen to those oh ah, good idea yeah so that really helps me and um it's just like a self-coaching session um, yeah there's all these different things that you can do to take care uh-huh. of yourself to, do, to practice self-love um yeah yeah so, yeah that's wrong but you know if anyone idea. would like some coaching um or would like uh-huh. to join a facebook group calls to courage then um you know look me up on facebook my name's fiona pimentel as i say the group is, is called to courage and uh we can go from there <laughs> yeah yeah and i will i will put that um information into the show notes so for anybody who wants to uh to find them Perfect. um that's where they will be and um yeah okay well thank you very much yeah. Susan, for me oh on. well thank you thank you for coming on some some good pointers and some good things for people both men and women to be yeah. watching out for and and um adding into or subtracting from their lives. Yes, that's right. So, yeah. Yeah. It's not all just adding or changing. It's you know Yeah, sometimes we have to take looking at out. everything. That's right. Yep. 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 Look at what you're look at everything that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And decide if it's helpful or not. Yeah, exactly right. Okay, thank you so much. So thank you. And I am just going to say that um, neither of us are doctors and this is not to be seen as medical advice. And if you're having any kind of emotional issues, I would probably go and, especially if they're big ones, go and talk to someone, a Mm -hmm. professional more than, um, than the rest of us. So. Okay, and with that, I will see everybody next week. This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit HealthyTipsAfter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers.